Would you please take your Bibles now and turn to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1 in preparation for the message. Would you do that please? As many of you know, my wife and I have two children. And our daughter and her husband, they have a five-year-old son and a five-month-old little girl. And our son, Jeremy, and his wife, they have an almost three-year-old daughter and a five-year-old, not not a five-year-old, but a five-month-old little boy. And guess, guess what would be their favorite Christmas carol? It is Silent Night. Some of you still don't get it. But that's okay. That's okay. By the way, what do snowmen eat for breakfast? No, frosted flakes or ice krispies. All right. Okay, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. Yes. Here's the Word of God. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the Christmas story reminds us of so many beautiful truths. And I pray now that as we look into this part of your Holy Bible, that you by your Holy Spirit would help each one of us to be impacted by the truth, by what we should know, what we should feel, what we should think upon, what we should do, how we should be changed and transformed. Let it be so, dear God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My friends, I want to direct your attention today to this first very important truth, and it is this. Christmas reminds us that the Holy Spirit can work 
in creative ways in your life and in mine. Christmas reminds us that the Holy Spirit can work in creative ways in your life and in mine. This truth uh, comes to my mind whenever I read verse, verse 18. I obviously just read the whole passage, but let's just read verse 18 together in unison from the big screen. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can see verse 18 says she became pregnant through the, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the New Living Translation. The New International Version says she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now normally, as you all know, normally when a child is born, of course the child comes into being because, because a man and woman have been intimate with each other. Here, however, we are told that Mary, mother of Jesus, was found to be with child through the power of the Holy Spirit. This, this is an incredible, marvelous example of God's Spirit working in a person's life in a very creative way, in a way that never happened before and never will happen again, because this was God's special moment in history. This Christmas season and in the year to come, I want to encourage all of us. I want to encourage you to, to open up your mind and heart and to believe that the Spirit of God can, in a, in a marvelous, precious, beautiful, creative, uh, and unique way, work work in your life, in your life, your life, your life, your life up in the balcony, in your life, radio and internet listeners. Let it be so. Let it be so, dear Lord. Now you might say, but how or in which ways, in, in which ways is, is the Holy Spirit to work? Well, here are just a few suggestions or a few possibilities. May the Holy Spirit work in a creative way in your life to lead you to faith in Jesus. If you're making notes, this is A. May, may, may the Spirit work to lead you to a personal faith in Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, we have the beautiful creative story of how the star in the east led three wise men to Jesus. The Bible says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Now in this case, somehow an incredible star that's creative, that's God being very creative, a marvelous star led them to baby Jesus. And I just want to say to us, may the Spirit of God work in such a way, whether it's through a star, or through another person, or through a book, through a television program, through a Sunday school class, or through one of these services, somehow may you be led to discover Jesus as your personal Savior, as the one that you bow down to, and you worship, and you say, Jesus, you are my all and all. Amen? 
Amen. As well, may the Holy Spirit work in a creative way in your life to, to change you, to change you, to change me for the better, to change us for the better. When, uh, when the wise men discovered Jesus, I believe they were changed for the better. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 tells us, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And Acts 15 verse 8 and 9 declares, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them for he purified their hearts by faith. By faith. King David cried out, wash away, wash away all my iniquity and, and cleanse me from my sin. Psalms 51 verse 2. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God. My friends, the birth of Jesus in Mary is a reminder that the Holy Spirit can work in mighty, creative ways in your life and in mine. And one of those ways is by changing us on the inside, giving us a, a new heart, a transformed heart, purifying our hearts of sin, giving us holy hearts, hearts that have right motives, hearts that are filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Hallelujah. Let it be so, Lord. I encourage you to believe that the Holy Spirit can work in your life to accomplish that and so much more. Let it be so. Let it be so, dear Lord. Furthermore, I believe the Holy Spirit can accomplish point C. For those of you making notes, why don't you read it with me from the big screen. May the Holy Spirit work in a creative way to heal you, to heal you. We have a variety of examples of how Jesus healed in many creative ways. In the Gospel of John, for example, chapter 9, we read of a man who was blind from birth. Jesus spit on the ground, <laughs> made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Jesus then said, go, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the once blind man went and washed and went home seeing. And so what's interesting is you have saliva plus mud plus washing resulting in healing and seeing. That's creative, isn't it? That's creative. This Christmas season, it may be that you have a lingering physical or emotional problem which you have been struggling with. It is probable that you have sought help from the best of doctors and the best of hospitals, but still the problem is there. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to believe that the Holy Spirit can work in a creative way 
in bringing healing to you. Perhaps, perhaps that creative healing can be directly, can be brought about directly through his creative power. Or perhaps the Lord will introduce you to someone who will happen to, to speak the right words and in so doing will discover the solution to your problem. It happens, it happens, and it can happen to you. Now I want, to, I want to ask you to keep the following in mind. Sometimes the solution to your problem, to your problem or mine, comes in an unexpected way. I wasn't sure whether to tell you this. I don't think I've ever told hardly any of you about this, but I decided to tell you because in the end I believe it can help some of you. Years ago, I used to get really bad throat infections, really bad throat infections every two, three, or four months. It was pretty often. I used to go to my doctor, who was an excellent doctor, and I would say, Doc, you know, I don't know why I get these terrible throat infections so often. And my doctor would say, you know, Pastor Nick, think about it. He'd say, think about it. You're preaching all the time. You're teaching all the time. You, you are, you're, putting on a lot of, you're putting on a lot of stress on your throat. You're interacting with hundreds of people at church, uh, in hospitals, and people's homes, and seniors' homes, and so on. And, and he said, you know, you are exposed to a lot of bugs. My doctor was, I said, and is excellent. And um, what he said to me was correct and true. He used to prescribe for me an antibiotic, and in about three days, the throat infection was gone. Without the antibiotic, my infection often lasted one to two weeks. And this went on for several years, by the way. And I, I kept praying for a long-term solution. And the solution came in a very unexpected, unexpected way. Here's how it happened. One day when I went to see my doctor, probably about a throat infection, I told him I wasn't sleeping very well. And um, I wasn't, well, and I was wondering, I was wondering what to do about it without taking sleeping pills. My doctor sent me to a sleep clinic where you sleep overnight. How, how many of you have been to a sleep clinic where you stayed overnight? Anybody want to admit to that? Some of you. There are more of you, but I know you don't want to admit to it. All right? Anyway, my doctor sent me to the sleep clinic not far from here, and uh, they attached. They attached a whole bunch of wires to my brain to see if my brain was working and... Well, no, anyway, they, they attach a, <laughs> a whole bunch of wires to the brain, uh, to the chest, to your muscles, and they monitor you while you were sleeping. At the sleep clinic, they discovered I woke up, I woke up an average of 11 times per hour. I was waking up an average that night during a seven-hour period 
I woke up an average of 11 times per hour. I had what's called sleep apnea, which can be caused by a, a little flap, a little flap inside of us that blocks our breathing, which results in us waking up because we just can't breathe. So the doctor prescribed for me a little machine with a mask which, when I sleep, increases the air pressure in my breathing passage. It keeps that flap open and therefore allows me to keep sleeping and not waking up 11 times per hour. Stick with me. The sleep apnea breathing machine greatly improved my sleep but there was a second, a second major benefit and blessing to using the sleep machine, which neither the doctors nor I had any idea would occur. The second major benefit was this. Remember, I used to get those terrible throat infections every two, three, or four months. From the time I started using the little sleep machine to the present, I have not had throat infections every few months. Instead, instead, I've only had a throat infection maybe once every year and a half to two years. Year and a half to two years. So I went from once every two or three months to once every 18 to 24 months. Why, why such a big improvement? It might be because of better sleeping, but it is also probably because my little breathing machine has a humidifier and the moist air is helping to keep my throat healthier. Now, I told you my story about the throat infections for two reasons. One reason is, when you pray, when you pray, remember the solution to your problem can come in an unexpected way. An unexpected way. Don't overlook it. Don't overlook it. And a second reason I told you my story is, become, is because some of you here have been told by your doctor that you should use a sleep apnea breathing machine, but you haven't taken the time to get used to it. And once you get used to it, it's like wearing pajamas. <laughs> All right? You hardly even know you have the mask on at night. And you are no less a man or no less a woman if you need to use a sleep apnea breathing machine. All right? Now, I venture to say that there have been some women who have been elbowing uh, a husband <laughs> and, and saying, I've been telling you, you've needed to start using it for the last five years, and I'm sick and tired of your snoring. <laughs> right? Amen. My friends, Christmas is a time of miracles. And the birth of Jesus through Mary was a miracle. The appearance of the angels to the shepherds announcing Christ's birth was a miracle. The guidance of the star 
for wise men, for the wise men to Bethlehem was a miracle. Christmas is a time of miracles. And I want to invite you to believe that the Holy Spirit can work in a creative, creative way to bring healing to your body, to your, to your emotions, and yes, to relationships as well. Amen? Let's go to point D. Point D. May the Holy Spirit work in a creative way to help you with your basic needs. I, I am intrigued with the Bible stories of how the Lord helped people with their basic needs, such as, such as food. In Exodus 16, we read of how after God led the Israelites out of Egypt, they soon grumbled against Moses because they found themselves out in the desert with no food. God heard their grumbling and he said, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Every morning, the Lord rained manna upon them. Every evening, the Lord miraculously provided quail. If the Lord was to do the same creative miracle today, he would likely be providing manna burgers and quail nuggets in a McDonald's container. Here's, a, here's another creative way by which someone's need for food was met. And if we took time, others of you could tell some wonderful stories. An elderly lady was well known for her faith and for her boldness in talking about it. She would stand on her front porch and she would shout out, Praise the Lord! Next door to her lived an atheist, an atheist who would get so angry at her proclamations and he would shout, he would shout out, There ain't no Lord! Hard times set in on the elderly lady and she prayed for God to send her some assistance. She stood on her porch and shouted, Praise the Lord, God, I need food. I'm having a hard time. Please, Lord, send me some groceries. Send me some groceries. The next morning, a lady went out on her porch, saw a large bag of groceries, and shouted, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my prayer has been answered. The neighbor jumped from behind a bush, he jumped out from behind the bush and said, Aha, I told you, I told you there was no Lord. God didn't buy those groceries. I bought them. I brought them. The lady started jumping up and down, jumping up and down, clapping her hands and said, Praise the Lord. He not only sent me groceries, but he made the devil pay for them. <laughs> Amen. Praise God, she said. There are different ways of having our needs met, amen? In another beautiful Bible example in John 6, Jesus took five small barley loaves and two small fish and fed over 5,000 on a hill. And that's 
creativity in helping people with their basic needs of food, of nutrition, isn't it? On another occasion, some tax collectors were complaining that Jesus, that Jesus didn't pay his share of taxes. So Jesus said to Peter, he said, uh, so that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. You know what? I think probably, I think Peter probably said, Jesus, <laughs> I love your creative way of paying taxes. Can I go fishing for you more often? <laughs> May the Spirit of God work in a creative way in your life to help you with your financial needs. Amen? And sometimes the kind of basic creative help we need is, um, is focus or direction for our lives. In the case of the wise men, after finding where Jesus was located, the Lord warned them in a dream not to go back to King Herod to tell him where Jesus was located. They were... They were directed to return to their country by another route. It may be that this Christmas season, if you, if you too need some special revelation or direction for your life, may the Holy Spirit assist you in a creative way to give you that direction. Amen? There's another thought I want to share with you. We can, we can say, Lord, lead me, change me, heal me, help me. And now, point E, may the Holy Spirit work in a creative way to free you, to free you. That's right. It, it may be that at this point in your life, you feel boxed in. You are perhaps struggling with a problem, and as yet you haven't been able to find a solution. I'm thinking, for example, of when the Apostle Peter <clears throat> was in prison. The Bible tells us in Acts 12 that the night before Herod was to bring Peter to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Peter was in a pickle. He was in a bind. He would have easily said, I'm stuck. I see no way out of this problem, out of this prison. But the Bible says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. And then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, wrap your cloak around you, and follow me. Friends, I believe that was such a creative solution to his problem that Peter never forgot it. Never would he have forgotten that. 
Peter needed to be freed from a literal prison. A literal prison. Is there anything that you or I need to be freed from? Do you, do you maybe need freedom from small thinking? Or do you need freedom from financial burdens? Or freedom from overspending, overeating, overworking, overstressing, over gossiping? Whoa. Over worrying? Do you need freedom from over controlling your spouse? I can hear someone say, preach it, brother. Preach it, brother. <laughs> Do you need freedom? Freedom from cigarettes, alcohol, drug abuse, or freedom from gambling? Do you need freedom from the power of sin? The Bible says, Romans 6, 18, you have been set free from sin. And Jesus said, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. My friends, be encouraged and assured that the Holy Spirit can work in creative ways in your life, and in mind to bring freedom in your situation. And so, church family, radio listeners, the good news is Christmas reminds us that the Holy Spirit can work in creative ways in your life and in mine, here we are. Review them with me out loud. May the Holy Spirit work in a creative way to lead you to faith in Jesus. May the Holy Spirit work in a creative way to change you for the better. May the Holy Spirit work in a creative way to heal you. May the Holy Spirit work in a creative way to help you with your basic needs. And may the Holy Spirit work in a creative way to free you. Which one or which ones especially apply to you today? As we sing this beautiful song, I want you to feel free to come, to come and kneel or stand around this altar and, and say, Lord, I've been reminded today that Christmas is a time when the Holy Spirit can work in creative ways in my life. And Lord, one of the ways that I especially need for you to work, to work in, is the following. And you just tell the Lord, 
Maybe it's one or several of the ways that you see on the screen. Maybe it's some other way that I haven't even mentioned, but God's Spirit has brought it to your mind. Be encouraged today because the Lord, by His Spirit, has wonderful ways of working in us. God loves you, and we love you, and I love you, and we just want the very best for you. And so let's say, Lord, work in creative ways in my heart, in my life.